0: Johnson.
1: My high school boy said, through a screen, that he'd build me a house. I didn't particularly want a house, but I let him do it anyway because it seemed polite. He really wanted to and, well, I have to live somewhere outside of my imagination anyway. As soon as it was done, I jumped out of the window because freedom, YOLO it was actually quite an ugly house I could be here all day telling you but I jumped like a cat landing on my feet I take each day a minute or a second at a time running from his arms to write about our dumb demise and I'm not really sure why because I didn't particularly care I threw in some digs about ugly house, about how the corpse of our relationship was buried in the back garden, I didn't send it to him because I didn't think he'd get it, anyway, my brother is a rock star and his hair is a rainbow, and I think maybe I'll do that too when I get round to it, I've seen the whole world on Google Maps, and I look at it and I think, no, that's not for me. But I'm not really sure where else to go. Maybe it'll be different in person, but I don't think so. And it's quite an expensive trip to find out. So, I'm just here, thinking all this out, and suddenly you're here because of course you are asking me just like you asked me last night from a distance as I was dreaming if I ever learned to be happy with the things that I had and every time I answer with the way that I push you away burrowing under the blanket as if you are made of poison and the soft cotton is the only protection from your sickness because you must be sick To still be here, sick or mad or full of self-loathing to the point that you'll put up with all this. And I know it's impolite, but to be fair I was asleep. of adapted from some lyrics that like uh, for a song i may get around to finishing it but i mean who really knows with me right (laughs) um but i just had these ideas i couldn't really form them into too much as a song um so i kind of adapted them to see if it worked any better another way um and it did which is good news um but maybe now that I've kind of seen it in fruition, you know I'll be able to adapt it back to a song, sometimes I find that works for me um, in terms of creation, sometimes you just have to visualise it in a different way and then you're able to kind of reshape it into what it was originally supposed to be which sounds crazy but like it actually works people (laughs) Um, but I guess I was kind of thinking about I guess that thing in life where sometimes you have to be what somebody else needs you to be. Even if it's not ideal for you. It's like this obligation. You know. Because you're a part of everybody else's story somewhere. And sometimes they imagine you to be one thing or one part. And it's not what you see for yourself, but but it's what they need. And it can be hard to adapt to that and to be what they're looking for. But sometimes it's worth it. Because you can adapt and then get used to it and maybe even learn to like it. have wings, as does my heart, and I lose my voice. on the beach when i wrote that um i was listening to um you know the song like someone in love but like the bjork version i was listening to that do you know what i find so weird is that i <laughs> i remember once going to the youtube uh to youtube and i was watching a live performance of that and there was all these people in the comments who were really angry because she'd covered it and i was like oh really um because like there was a lot of people and there were you know Kind of, I guess, like, you know, American standard purists. I don't know, um, and and they were just genuinely like really angry that she had dared to cover it and to do different things with it. And I'm like, I mean, you know, is it really that deep? And they, it was, it was just wild to me. But anyway, so I was listening to that and just you know watching the ocean and thinking about. What it really feels like. And so I kind of took. Some pieces of the song. And some of my own. I guess songs I haven't written yet. And. Just kind of. Melted them down into. Into a poem. Because I mean. You know. That's just how. Everything works for me, everything in my life essentially at some point becomes something that I write down or I record because it's how I process being alive, you know, because you have to find a way to understand and to get through things, you know, and for me it's always been that I have to do something with it, I have to turn it into something else so it's a little bit easier to comprehend And sometimes I think that having those pesky emotional feelings for another person is one of the hardest to understand things of all. And now we come to a new part of the show called Luxury Hot Takes, where I give you my hot takes and I talk about things without really thinking about it and just go off for a few minutes. And today's topic is Boris Johnson. And therefore I give notice that Boris Johnson is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party.
0: Oh, no. Good afternoon. I have just been to see Her Majesty the Queen, who has invited me to form a government, and I have accepted. I pay tribute. Oh my god, did I just call the Prime Minister a slut? I mean, I didn't lie, but I mean. Oh, bitch, I hope I don't go to jail. Anyway, because we are going to restore trust in our democracy and we are going to fulfill the repeated promises of. because friends. That was immature of me i'm sorry i'm sorry and we start work this week with 20 new hospital upgrades and ensuring that the money for the nhs really does get to the front line well where where's this my job is to protect you or your parents or your grandparents from the fear of having to sell your home to pay for the cost of care and so i'm announcing now on the steps of downing street that we will fix the crisis in social care once and for security. supposed to believe he's going to take personal responsibility for other
1: I'm sorry I gotta break out here because bitch what the fuck what what kind of clownery is this what kind of clownery I've had enough My pen at the hospital. I'd like to say it's been a privilege, but I dropped my voice somewhere in the side room where you sleep, in the ward, and I don't know if I will ever speak again. My words stare up at the pen, bereaved on your bedside table by the notes that note I haven't lost you yet. mouth into the magic of the night, please don't take him away from me, flashing my thoughts forward so I can feel like we had a chance to live all the moments where I planned a place for you, miming the milestones with my streaming eyes shut in the dark. I explore dull days too, trading jokes about socialism, Scottish civic nationalism, existentialism hurts because i cannot be free if i cannot choose and i choose you for every day of my life but life is choosing to dangle you over the side of a cliff and i cannot pull you back because my hands fade figments of my imaginations that cannot will the world to leave you with me how will i with my lack of navigational skills Find my way down the aisle into the maze of marriage without your guidance, your confidence. Who will I give to my children if I ever have them? Who desperately need to know that there is good left in the world? Who will I send shortbread to if labour ever get a majority? Please. I have begged everyone I can think to ask. Calling out silently. Because letting the thought exist in my throat brings it too close to me. Dazed for days. Unable to write, sing or speak. Because you were always supposed to be here. Don't go. I think one of the cruelest tricks that life plays on you is... I guess, kind of lulling you into that full sense of security about the people around you and the things that you can depend on that will always be there, right? You go through life and you think, oh, these people will always be there in my life. And then life itself is like, surprise, bitch. And you're like, wait, what? What the fuck? You know? But I'm super dramatic, as you know. So, um, just the very thought that somebody that I care about is not going to be here for my whole life is, uh, well, it's hard to deal with. (laughs) Um... I mean, I guess maybe I've spent my whole life being able to delude myself that, I don't know, I guess the world kind of revolves around me. And if I really want to hard enough, I can keep people near me. And that, you know, I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to be alive. Um... But I guess I, I, I kind of pushed it away, the thought that I'm gonna lose people along the way. And recently that's that's become very hard to avoid and to, to not think about. And it's it's hard because you you reach this point of this person isn't gonna be around forever and we know that now because life is telling us exactly that they're saying you know do what you need to do now but it's hard because it's like it's like i'm jumping ahead and i'm thinking well what do i do at this point when they're not here what am i supposed to do about this in the future they they weren't supposed to do this they weren't supposed to go anywhere and it's crazy because, I mean, I knew eventually that they would. Because you see it happen to other people all the time. They lose people that they care about. And I I don't know. I guess I just always thought, eh, it's not going to happen to me. Which is stupid because it literally has happened to me. There have been people in my life that I cared about who who are gone. They're not here. And I I did adapt. And I did find a way to deal with that. But when when you're in that situation and, and it hasn't happened yet. And it might not happen for a very long time. But I don't know how to deal with that. I know that I have before. But it's like I can't remember how I did it. And I have this sort of constant sense of dread. And it's like time is too fast but too slow at the same time. And so I write about it. And it's hard, and it hurts, but it helps me remember it hasn't happened yet. They're still here, and you can do something with that. And they might be here for a long time. You don't know. It's it, On a serious and personal note, it's very unfair. I feel that I don't get to know these things because I like to know things, and I I feel like attacked by the <laughs> by the universe. I don't get the intel here, but, you know, whatever. Anyways, so, it's like I have to tell myself through this other medium, it's not time yet. It's still okay at the moment. But it takes a lot to get there and to hear it. And to be able to say it to myself. Because. Sometimes telling yourself what you need to know. And hearing It's hard. Somebody else can tell me the exact same thing. And frankly I I won't believe them. But if I tell myself. I'll hear it eventually. It's just going to take me a fucking while. I am the blessed baby of Elsa Mars and Rachel Berry I watch the sky from the bottom of my garden planting poppies to give to all my fairy friends each one learning to ascend every time I wish on a star for the things I want too much My friends fly away with another piece of my heart to ask the world if it is ready for me yet. My blood journeys around my body on the power of spite and ambition alone. When I was younger, I, like many young people who grew up on a council estate and went to the local comprehensive, wanted to be famous, um... I mean, pretty much everyone at my school did, really. Um, <laughs> you know, when, when it came to the, the careers talk, it would be, you know, I want to be a footballer, I want to be on X Factor, I want to be on Big Brother, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so, and and that was sort of right at the peak of the popularity of X Factor. You know, it wasn't like it is now, where... You know, if you win X Factor, you'll be famous for about two minutes and then you'll get dropped by Simon Cow's record label because, you know, they haven't, <laughs> they, they've they overestimated how popular X Factor winners will be. Because, I mean, now everyone knows there'll be a new one next year and, you know, they'll they'll come out with an album of covers and blah, blah, blah. And so nobody really cares anymore. But back then it was a big deal, right? Like... You know, the winners at the time would get like number one singles, number one albums, sold out tours, everything. Um, because it was new and it was exciting. And god, I feel old. I'm re- do you know what? I'm really not that old. <laughs> I'm really not. I say that like almost every week. I'm like, oh, I'm so old, but I'm actually not. But anyway, um, so it, you know, it was what everybody wanted because you know, most of us were basically seeing it as a route to the things we didn't have you know um i was quite pretentious as a teenager as i'm sure you can imagine so for me i was like you know it was very you know she wears short skirts i wear shorts whatever you know but like vocation wise so I was like oh you you want to go on the x factor well I want to go and be on the stage and I want to write books and I want to be a director and I want to join equity and you know (laughs) it is what it is and um so I I had all these all these dreams and ambitions and I wanted it Almost too much to the, like, and when I say that, I mean, you know, it, it was drastic because it was all that I wanted and it was all that I saw my life being about. It was like, it felt like that was why I existed because I had to write these books. I had to write these plays. I had to be on those stages and... And have that audience because if I didn't, what was the point? What 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 was my life about, right? And so, I did everything. Every opportunity to perform or create, I was there. Um, every school show, every school musical, I. I get why everyone hated me, and I had no friends. <laughs> I was basically Rachel Berry from Glee. Um, I mean, <laughs> even, like, random assemblies, I remember um my form tutor, because every form group got a chance to take over one of the assemblies, like, once a week or something, and when it was our turn, um our our form tutor was like, so what are we going to do? And I just put my hand up straight away and said, I'll sing. I'll do a monologue. I'll do something. I do a dance routine, and she was, and everyone else in the class literally was just looking at me like, "Oh, this bitch, her again, Oh, fuck's sake." Um, but I, I didn't care because I, in my head, I was like, "I don't care. I don't care what you think. This is my stage. This is my moment. I'm gonna do it." Again, Rachel Berry, and <laughs> so um I mean that was a thing when Glee premiered and i started watching it i was like i don't get why rachel's the bad guy here because she's relatable as fuck but then as (laughs) as the show went on and on and i started to think are we the baddies like it was that real mitchell and webb moment of oh shit i'm awful (laughs) but you know i wanted it so much For so many reasons, you know, so I could change my standing in the world economically, I could buy my mum a house, I could, you know, donate money to start new arts programmes at my school. It turns out I can't do that, actually, because my school was shut a couple of years ago. Um, (laughs) it, um, It failed Ofsted too many times and was changed to an academy and then shut down. Because they weren't getting enough people going to the school or something like that. So you know, thanks Tories, thanks for that. You've <laughs> you've ruined part of my plan. Thank you. Um, I could donate to my university, I suppose. Um, yeah, I <laughs> um, I could donate to the the alumni department of my university. But anyways, and I wanted to do all those things. Um, you know, live in a big house. Um, by myself um, <laughs> Do you know that part actually was very important I wanted to have like a study where I could just lock myself away and create things I wanted to have it for other reasons too I wanted to be on big stages and sold-out concerts and um you know have all these achievements so that I could look back and say I bet everyone's sorry for laughing at me now. Which sounds really fucking pathetic. But when you're like 13 or something. And you're doing something that you're passionate about. And you believe in. And frankly everyone's taken the piss. Because you know. It is what it is. It hurts. And, and do you know the worst part? For me. <laughs> this podcast is about me. I don't know what you expected what hurt is that they never laughed and said I was banned. because I could accept it if what I was doing was not to their taste, if they didn't like it, if they thought it was shit. I could take that, I guess. I mean, I say that I probably still couldn't. I'd probably still cry about it, but you know, but it was the fact that they were making fun of me because I was enthusiastic, because I was participating. And it was like, So it's not that you have a problem with what I'm doing or what I'm putting out there. It's that I'm putting it out there like what like it didn't make sense to me. I couldn't comprehend it. I mean, I say that that was the only reason I was pissed off. If they said that i you know wasn't good or that they didn't like it, I'd probably be just as upset if not more. but you know i i i i I don't work in hypotheticals, she says. I, I do all the time, you know what I mean? Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, But I mean, I think all of us wanted it in some sense. For all of those reasons and more. Because it meant that we got out of that small town. And we made something of ourselves. Something everyone could see. And... So it's weird, sometimes, looking back and wondering if if that girl would be okay with where we are now. I'm not selling out theatres, because I, in the end, gave up on acting. Uh, I'm not I'm not on Broadway although most of that is because America is far away and also there are some things in that country that frighten me so (laughs) maybe I can justify it to her like that but parts of my work are reaching places I had never even heard of there are people that I don't know if I'm ever going to meet who have been a part of my journey they've shared in what I've created and maybe I didn't do all the things that she imagined I would be yet but I've done some things that she never really thought were possible because she never even considered Different things, you know. I got an email recently. There is an aeroplane outside. Something, something. Damn the Heathrow extension. I don't know. I don't even know where Heathrow is. So I don't even know if it's anything to do with that. Anyway, <laughs> do you know? Maybe I should have focused in geography at some point. By the way, what can I do? It's too late. Um, <laughs> but I, I got an email. Uh, It was from a a lady in Canada. She said she'd bought copies of one of my books for her book group. Because it had been recommended to her. And she said they really enjoyed it. And they they gave copies to their friends. You know, they were passing these these copies around. Which, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe... (laughs) Maybe in just in terms of, of, of you know, <laughs> sales and, and profit, I should be angry about. But I'm not. I'm not angry. Because it means that the things that I... That I've created have met all of those people. And I think deep down in a way that's what that's what she was looking for that little girl yes she wanted you know money and you know insane amounts of validation (laughs) possibly revenge but I think at the core what she wanted was someone to tell her these things that you're doing are worthwhile And that kind of feeling doesn't always come in the way that you think it will. But it's... It feels good, man. <laughs> um, you know, when I go to a performance and people appreciate what I do and I have people come to me after again, that's something that I don't think she could have imagined because I think I wanted it in a very abstract and unreachable way because I had these these doubts and these worries and I guess it didn't make sense to hope for something I potentially couldn't have so having those achievements that I've gained over the years have you know being able to find audiences and find people who appreciate what I do I think that was what was missing from the fantasy back then that was that additional kind of sweet ingredient and I guess sometimes I wish I could go back and I could show her you know <laughs> In a couple of years, look, here are some of the, you know, leading, you know, influencers and reviewers talking about your work. Here are, you know, some people that you meet after a performance who love what you do. Here are, you know, here are some people who read your book at their book group and loved it so much. That they gave it to all their friends. Here here is a song that you wrote in the box room at your grandma's house. That has been played all over the world. I I wish I could tell her. It's going to come true, but maybe not in the way that you think. (laughs) But you're still. You're going to get it. I, I... I think maybe she'd love that. And that brings us to the end of the episode i'm really sorry I'm, I'm recording this on my phone and i just like did the double click to get to another app so you might have just heard that my bad anyway i'll be back again next week with another episode for you but until then you can visit my website which is jenniferwan.com um so there are lots of cool things there there's videos audio content written content um and the links to where you can find lots of other things. Um my social media, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Tumblr, everywhere really, with the username Miss J Squared. Uh but the links to that are also in the description. Um I have a couple of live events coming up. The details for all of those are on my website. Um today actually um i say today this only applies if you're listening to this on sunday when it's released um (laughs) but today i will be performing at the poet's dictionary in london um but there are some more live events also um and you can find the full details on my website and the link to buy tickets for that um so that'll be really fun uh you can support this show and other free-to-access projects that I do uh, through many different mediums. Um, you can support us on Patreon, um, which the description below contains the link for that. Um, I say that all the time, like I'm a YouTuber. In the description below. But I mean, for podcasts, I guess the description is also in the below, so in the below. That's not, that's not correct speaking. And I don't care. Anyway, um, you can find all the details for that. Um, on Patreon currently, uh, for another couple of days, we have a special offer. So you can, when you subscribe on any tier, whether that's $1 or $10 or however many dollars you would like you will get a free signed copy of my book old brown eyes is back um so that applies to all of the tiers and all of the tiers on my patreon get exclusive stuff um so that's stuff like access to the behind the scenes instagram account where you can see sort of how my work is constructed and um you know, details of upcoming things. Um, Some of the tiers also get to look at work early, early access to different projects. Uh, Some of them get free copies of paid content. Um, Some even get exclusive free merchandise. So there is lots of good stuff to be discovered there. So the links for that are in the description. Um you can also make one-off donations through PayPal or coffee and that uh gets you access to the early release program so you can access some content early as well. Um thank you to my pals over at Patreon Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Josie and Gabriella. You guys are the coolest. And thank you to everyone who listens, because I'm very grateful that you just listen to me rambling on. It means a lot to me. I'll see you next week. Good night, my love.